Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at KathleenCollinsCounseling.com. You're listening to a real piece of work. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. You're listening to a real piece of work, a jobs podcast for aspiring professionals brought to you by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and Junior Achievement of the Heartland. Now here's your hosts, Matt and Joy. Hey, Joy, how are you today? Matt, uh, we are ending the year, and I don't know about you, but around my house, um, you know, do you get ready for the holidays? For me, my mind starts to just go in already the direction of the next year. And so, um, you know, we're recording this in December. It's around Christmas time, um, but I'm excited for um, our guest today because I think we've been waiting. We talked about this at the beginning of last year as we were preparing for for our next year. And we've had we've been so busy with all of these amazing um, people that have come to us for and guests that we've kind of kept putting Jared off. So I'm excited as we dive into our new year uh, to start with the person who really is making all this happen behind the scenes and hear his journey and uh, let not just the, not the kids that are listening in, but the Quad Cities hear all about what WVIK has to offer and how Jared got into the seat that he's sitting in today. You know, it's, it's uh, as I'm listening to you and I was thinking about getting ready for this one, I, I guess the word that came to mind to me was grateful, um, grateful for my co-hosts, collective co-hosts that have been on this journey with me and grateful to Jared and the WVIK team for having some faith and for whatever reason to me to bring together a podcast to bring to students and talk about career options and get career readiness. And um, he's literally been one of the uh, anchors from day one. So uh, it's it's a blessing to bring Jared Johnson, station manager to a real piece of work, the job podcast for young people. Welcome to the program, Jared. Thanks. Welcome to the program. I love that. It's as if I'm not here every single time. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's it's very exciting to be sitting in doing this. People are going to realize real quickly why um, I'm behind the scenes on radio all the time and that you, you very rarely have to listen to me talk. So I'm glad to do this. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're most welcome. I'd say give yourself a little more credit there, though. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's a, actually this project is one that I am quite proud of. Um, the the whole audience of a real piece of work and uh, another podcast we do love girls podcast you know aiming at at young professionals children you know high schoolers young twenties people exploring careers that is a market that WVIK uh, traditionally has not been able to go after and so to launch podcasts like this is very forward thinking it's an entire new um, technology for us like so it. I, I've been very proud of this. I, I, you're going to have a hard time getting me to talk about myself and not talk about how awesome you guys are and what a great podcast this, this is. But, you know, among the things that I've accomplished as general manager here at WVIK, this is one that I'm quite proud of. So, yeah, it's exciting to be actually on. Wow. So I guess maybe get us started or get the the people who are tuning in started. Um, maybe we'll just start with WVIK because honestly, for myself too, just a little bit of history about the, sure. the the station, about what it's what the purpose is, and then we'll dig into more of you. And so, you know, give you a little time to ease into it, talking about yourself. Maybe just a little <laughs> bit about WVIK first. Yeah. Uh, so uh, WVIK. 
you know, if you don't, if you're listening from an area where you wouldn't recognize those those call letters, it's a public radio station. It's a local public radio station. It's owned by Augustana College. Uh, so we're located in Rock Island, one of the Quad Cities, and we broadcast. Uh, you know, we started as a broadcasting an FM signal that covers about a 60 mile radius, right? So we um, covered not just the Quad Cities, but this entire region. Public radio, um, it, it's helpful often for people to make the distinction between public radio and commercial radio. And that distinction really is simply, it's the same one that comes up between nonprofits in any other industry and maybe an equivalent that might, um, you know, whether you're a for-profit band or you're the Quad City Symphony Orchestra, which is a nonprofit music organization, right? I mean, they're just, the business models are different. And essentially we do the same thing as commercial radio, but our business model is different. And we have a mission. Uh, our mission is to serve the Quad Cities with um, news, information, and entertainment, uh, and largely in formats that are not popular enough um, to, you know, serve commercial radio. So we we cover a lot of niche markets. Uh, traditionally, we've done, uh, like I said, news and classical music, uh, but we also do some jazz and some, you know, all alternative music and some uh, like folk and that kind of stuff, stuff that just doesn't have support in other on, on other frequencies. So, you know, every market has a slightly different collection of public radio stations, um, radio stations that operate with the business model that we do. Ours, especially the news, is a pretty common one. Um, I would make the argument that almost all news is nonprofit, just some uh, it's just a loss leader at some right. for-profit companies, but anybody yeah. who does news even at a, on a for-profit model will tell you that the news itself actually always loses money. Um, it's commentary at best that might actually make some money. Um, but the the work of doing news is hard and expensive, and the viewership is, like of people that actually want real facts and hard news is just always kind of inherently small. Um, so anyway, there you go. So before we pivot and, and talk a little bit about what it means to be a general manager, uh, uh -huh. you just talked about the news capture aspect of the business is a loss leader at best and probably a losing proposition. Can you expand a little bit then? Sure. What, what, is, what is the business model? How do you, how do you stay afloat? How do you make money? Yeah, how so do you, I mean, how like do you any survive? other nonprofit, right? I mean, like the process of doing it, like, and I'll just use these analogies with other nonprofits because I, I think they're just helpful. Like you, people think of broadcast a little bit different, but it's really not any different. When, when I worked for the Quad City Symphony Orchestra and they were going to put on a concert to put 80 musicians on stage and to actually pay them all for their work, right? Like is always going to be like, you can't sell enough tickets really mm -hmm. for that concert. And I mean, you could, but it's just not popular enough, right? It, that, that mix is never going to be. So what you do is you, you make as much money as you can off the commercial aspects of it, right? Some people want to pay to be there. It's never going to be enough. And then you count on those people who can afford to do so to give a little bit more, to give a little bit extra and say, Hey, you know what? I know my my seat maybe is only worth 25 bucks, but it's very important to me that we have a symphony orchestra here in town. Um, the music, the musicians, all of that is very important to me. Like, you know, the guy who's playing violin actually gives violin lessons to my child. Like, I want to make sure this happens. It's important to the community. So I'll give an extra 5,000. I'll give it right. So you count on people who can give a little bit mm -hmm. more um, to cover that deficit and what is like a, a losing commercial proposition. Um, 
And that that's what I'm basically arguing news always is. Um, like the only places, I mean, even like whether it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC, like whatever, like their news operations are extraordinarily expensive and the viewership for their actual news product um, is just never going to be that large. It, you know, it's, I mean, it, it's national and it's big, but it's always a smaller slice. And like for half that, right? For to get to get one guy sitting behind a desk spewing whatever he thinks off the top of his head uh, for an hour and maybe a guest or two, a million times easier, a million times cheaper, actually gets better ratings, sells more commercials. Like that, like the formula is just the inverse. Like to put one story of news that has like in-depth reporting, it, you might have two or three reporters working on that for two or three days, and then an audio engineer come in to make sure you mix it right, and like to to make that two minute news segment that like, you know, actually gives you a piece of real information and important information and maybe like influences how you think about something like is crazy expensive and hard and, you know, and, and gets like half the ratings of the the one guy that just is really popular. Right. <laughs> like, so, uh, it, you know, news is like, that's why, that's why I, I mean, I think we're actually doing quite, quite well. I mean, we're a nonprofit. Like we're never, no one ever is going to make it rich. I know you're going to ask me the big question about how much money I make later. <laughs> not yet, Trust not me, yet. This is not the field to go into if you want to get rich. Um, but, you so know, Jared, I, anyway. So diving in more, yes. I guess, to you, because for me, thank you for explaining that. I, I hope that not only for me, but for the people listening that that was very um, informational and just gave me a, a really good background for it. But so I, this, what I love most about this podcast is when we talk to our guests like you, and I can just hear the passion in your voice. I can like see it as you know, I can see it like I'm hearing it. Right. Um, so so why this? Why did you choose this uh, career path or at what point did you decide that this is what you um, hmm. you wanted to be doing day in and day out? Yeah, I, I mean, in some ways, it well, what I would say now and like how you end up there are kind of a little bit two different stories. Um, I think. As I look back on it, it fits two things that are very important to me. Uh, what I've always been like, you could look back at high school and college, Jared running around with his video camcorder and like his two tape players and cutting and editing tape. Like I, I love media. I've always loved media. I've always wanted to be involved in media. I was making class films when I was in college and editing audio on computers back when they could barely do it without crashing, you know, like, like it was all brand new then. And I loved all of it. So, right. I kind of have that passion. And then I just like, personally, um, I didn't start out in non the nonprofit world. Uh, but I really, I like it both as a place. It's really close to my heart. I do like serving the community. Um, it's important to me that my work means something to me and that I go home at the end of the day just happy that I've been able to do what I did. You know, when I talked about this podcast and being able to produce these and maybe, you know, if we're helping two or three or 30 kids decide what they want to do with the rest of their career and helping them make a good first decision on that, like, I'm just thrilled that I can be like, actually get paid to do that, right? Like, as a, as a, as a, it makes me feel good at night when I go to bed. Right. You know, like, mm -hmm. it, like, so like those that just turned out to be very important to me. Um, and so I've always enjoyed this. And then 
I mean, working in nonprofit is also like it's it's been a pretty good work life balance for me. Um, like we, it's a lot of it's a lot more smaller companies. It's not a big corporate place. Uh, it's just it's always it's worked out well for me and my family. I mean, it's it's interesting. You end up on like everyone I've worked for. It's a little bit all hands on deck anytime something big comes up because that's another thing about working for small companies, is that everybody always wears a lot of hats. Um, but at the same time, I've always been in environments that are pretty good about reciprocating on that, that, you know, if they call on you to do a little extra at this point, they'll let you, you know, let you sneak out a little bit on the other part. And so, um, so yeah, I, I've, I've found this to be a good general industry to like the nonprofit sector in general to be a nice one to work in. And that I just love working with media. So. I think it's great that you mentioned that you wear lots of hats and when you work <laughs> in the the smaller type Knit, knit family type of uh-huh. communities of work that you get that. I think that's important for the people who are listening and the kids who are listening here too, because I think as you, as they start deciding careers, maybe they're not quite sure exactly which route they want to go, you know, going, choosing someplace that's smaller, like a WVAK or another nonprofit, you might get exposed to maybe some more, you know, different hats that you could put on as opposed to, you know, being really tied down into one specific path in a larger corporation. So I like that you pointed that out too, for your, you know, for yourself and just yeah. if that's something they're considering. Yeah, I, I mean, and getting some job opportunities early on, or maybe when you're looking at internships, see what it's like to work at a little shop and what it's like to work at a big one mm-hmm. and see what fits better for you. Um, I'm In some ways, my career has always actually been in mostly, I mean, I guess my very first job was a little bit larger, but like, yeah, I, I've almost always worked in very small shops. I mean, the first place I worked for any long period of time, hi, Jim, hi, Leona, if you're out there, but um, it was <laughs> a husband and wife's company that they owned and I was the third employee. So it was very small. <laughs> Uh, but it was it was good. I learned a lot. Well, Jared, uh, transitioning to WVIK as general manager, what well, what's been your path at WVIK to getting there? Sure. And then now, from a day to day perspective, what does what does that mean? Let uh, give a glimpse to our our listeners here. Yeah. Um, so the two questions, you know, what was my path here? Uh, in some ways, and, and I'll say I'm seeing this more and more as I meet my fellow general managers, that there might be a little bit of a shift going on in public radio. Um, the more traditional path to where I'm at actually comes up kind of through radio um, and comes up, you know, whether you're I've seen a lot of news directors, a lot of program directors come in to jobs like my own. And um, and that happens. That seems to have been traditionally the more common path. So, right, studying radio in college, getting a radio job, um, even as just a disc jockey, and then eventually taking on more and more responsibility until you end up at um, the leadership spot. And that's very much the commercial model. And it has, I think, traditionally been the public radio model. I see more of that than I see of much anything else. Um, I actually, like my pre-career involved a decent amount of media and marketing, but I really started in radio here about 10 years ago now. Um, in the fundraising side of things. So really that coming up through the nonprofit version of this business, right? And learning, I had already been at other nonprofits. I'd learned how to work with boards. I'd learned how to you know, manage small budgets on projects and events. And then as I get here, I get into fundraising and sponsorships and kind of do all of that and get more and more involved with our own board. Um, so I really come at this more from a business management and nonprofit management side. I've learned radio as I went. I mean, not that I would, like didn't understand a lot of the technicalities, but there's a lot of the business side of radio I had really never done before I was here. So a lot of self-education on that part. Um, 
a lot of conferences, a lot of training and a lot of great colleagues here that that shared and worked with me and, and taught me as we went and gave me some space to learn and grow. So um, that's yet another thing of working at at smaller companies is you'd be like, you know, yeah, I'll pitch in on that. I'll, I'll, I'll stay a little late tonight and, and learn as I go. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, so that, I mean, that's my career path. I came on as, um, our corporate director of corporate support. So it was my job to find businesses. Like one of the big differences between public radio that you'll hear that people will almost immediately recognize is that we don't run commercials. Um, so when we say non-commercial or non-profit, uh, we do not run commercials. Instead, you'll hear sponsorship messages. So I always joke that, you, you know, on Sesame Street, this program's brought to you by the letter B. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this program's brought to you by so-and-so. They do such and such, and you can learn more at this place. Um, so like we, we do those, and my job was to find the companies who are interested in doing those sponsorships. And then I was uh, head of all fundraising after that, director of development was the title, and then station manager, which actually kind of oversaw operations. And I worked with our general manager for a year. Um, and then when he retired, I was able to move into this slot um, because of all that experience. So um, that, that's the career path here. And then did you want me to follow up with the day to day or I can, uh, before we dive into the student question, let's yeah, I've been um, going let's... for a bit. So, sure. yeah, <laughs> see, and then I'm also p- currently producing this episode as we talk. So <laughs> you're, you're a multitasker, <laughs> a man of many talents. We're, we're Here, in the here's the, here's today. the student question. Hi, Mr. Johnson. My name is Grant Jacobs and I'm a junior at Pleasant Valley High School. My question for you is how have you seen artificial intelligence implemented in fields such as broadcast media and marketing? And how much importance do you see AI having in the future? Yeah, uh, wow, that it's very topical. Um, and I would have to say largely um, not at all. Uh, I, like, the, the, like what, have you, what are you seeing happening right now? Like, I, I don't think we've really, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg, right? Especially in kind of a more traditional medium like radio, um, I mean, I heard the story of the, the all the stories purged from Sports Illustrated and stuff because all those stories apparently had been written by AI and they didn't realize it. So maybe I have some infiltrators here that are um, not real people and they're just bot voices. Um, but but I do think I, I do think it'll have. I mean, I'm starting to see. I, I know I've gotten emails from even coworkers that have been you know probably written by AI because like I recognize that that's not quite their writing style. <laughs> You know, so, um, so, you know, you're starting to like, it's starting to show up, um, in the workplace and it'll make its way online. You know, we actually, you know, actually, as I think about this, we have a great program, um, that we've started to use because it, one of the more time consuming things we do with our podcast is come up with a, a little blurb that makes it better for search engines to go with the description of an episode. And there's this great mm. program now that'll upload the entire audio file of this. Once we get done with it, it'll transcribe it all and it'll spit out a description and a title, a suggested title. Of course, we look at that and we're like, oh yeah, that 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 mostly fits or let's like change this, but then we can use it, right? Which is a million times faster than actually writing that stuff. So, oh, you know. Jared, we are so using that for this episode. I know, <laughs> right? I want to see because how much time it's going to save me from writing this little blurb. I the, don't know. The, the way Jared babbles, I, I don't know how you'd ever keep up with it. But, um, but yeah. Grant uh, may, may I mean, just have to see what this AI does for our Yeah, no, Mark today. discovered that. So, you know, I mean, it's starting to show up in places. I think it will... Uh, it'll definitely revolutionize a lot of the more mindless tasks we do. There are a lot of things we do that, like... You can just look at them and like when you, when you feel like a robot as you do them, you know that they can be ro- roboticized if we just had a smart enough algorithm. And mm. like 
honestly, I think it'll allow my, my personal feeling is that it'll mostly allow us to be much more creative, get rid of those tasks that really don't stimulate their creativity. And like, if we can just be more productive and get more out there um, and let the stuff that really is so often mindless and takes up most of our day get get done without the need of our minds and bodies. Um, I, I'm kind of all for it. I obviously recognize the dangers and I, you know, I'm, I'm all for putting whatever safeguards we need in place to make sure that we're not being fed false information. I would be the last person to like, I mean, I, we, we work very hard to get very good and concrete news coming out of our newsroom. Uh, and I know that we're putting that out into a world that is filled with a lot of bad information. Um, so that part, uh, sounds a little scary and a little daunting. Um, but you know, I feel like I personally, and maybe this is the same guy, you know, who at a much younger age was very interested in media. I feel like we'll be able to build bots that can fight bots. Um, you know, that we'll, we'll be, we'll figure out eventually, like we're, you and I, we're all living through this transition period where all this stuff is new and it's causing a lot of problems, but I have a kind of innate trust of humanity to be able to figure out these problems eventually. So I, I'll cross my fingers and hope I'm right. I'm sure uh, Jake was over there at Pleasant Valley High School will appreciate that answer. Um, <laughs> or be like, he's completely blind. The world's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think all of our businesses, I just wrote a cover letter recently and put it into ChatGBT to see how it might enhance it. Uh-huh. I liked what I saw, but yeah, no, like um, it's my not son, replacing my brain coming up with some original content. Yeah, my son's in college, and we had to put together like a practice uh, resume for the first time. And you know, he mm. doesn't not a lot of work experience there yet. He's still in college, and so we were trying to like beef it up. And same thing, had a nice little AI tool, and it it spit out some really nice bullet points. I'm like, oh yeah, those that sounds better than what we wrote. <laughs> I won't tell you what I used it for recently. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you got a new job. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's not for the new job. Though. Not for the new job. No, no. <laughs> that to come later. Robo joy. So, Jared, if, if kids are listening in and they're kind of piqued their interest with what you've, you know, told us about and, you know, getting into the radio or media, what classes, what type of college courses, what could they do to get some experience, get their hands on maybe a a job shadow or just something to let them know if that's the path that maybe they should start targeting. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, every college basically has a communications department. Uh, that was what my degree was in. Uh, it's, I'm kind of, it's an all, all good type thing. Like, you know, that communications major can be super broad. Um, I took a ton of like theater courses and stuff and, you know, all of it adds up to learning how to communicate. And I feel like, uh, boy, I feel like it was, my parents used to quote Jay Leno, like, cause I think he was a communications degree and they would make fun of me when that was what I was getting when I was in college. Cause like, what does that make you qualified for? He's like, absolutely nothing. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, it's, it, it's by far the most important skill in any job, like the ability mm. to communicate with your coworkers and you do get, I feel like I'm de- I'm good at it. I feel like I'm good at it. And I feel like that's something I really bring to the table, uh, you know, whether I'm in a, a, a boardroom and I have to present something or I'm trying to solve a problem between a couple of coworkers that aren't seeing eye to eye. Um, both of those things happened to me as a GM. And I feel like my communications major leaned heavily into that and like it, like it just paid off a lot. And then, you know, any, any technology courses, but honestly, I like technology changes so fast. Like what I am doing today 
technically speaking, like just didn't even exist when I was in college. So, I mean, it was good to be cutting edge and all like you don't want to walk out kind of behind. But honestly, like I sat down at my first job, my first my first job, like in media was as a video editor and audio editor. And I sat down with the books and I taught myself the the tools. Right. You know, like it's like I, I we had some of those things at college, but honestly, they were. They were fairly cutting edge and out of date, like, you know, six months later when I was actually getting my first job. So, like, yes, keep up, but learn learn how to communicate, learn how to write. Um, all that stuff is invaluable and will go into any career you want to pursue. Uh, spot on. So, Jared, um, general manager, can you give a day in the life so our students are like, oh, that's what that means? Yeah, I, I get here, I sit down at my desk, I open the door and the line starts to form and I answer questions for about eight hours and then I go home. No, uh, <laughs> um, some days, some days that's what that feels like. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, when you when you get to this position, a lot of it is like I, I think of leadership in general um, as the the task of making sure that everybody on my team can do their best, right? That I am putting everything in place as much as I can to make sure that we see the best work out of all of them. Um, it is not about me shining or seeing my work anywhere necessarily. Um, but when our, our, our when our on air product sounds great, looks great, um, everybody's doing good, everything you know, everything's paid for. So like, it's not just what you hear on air, but it's what's going on with our development and fundraising staff. When all of that goes well, uh, then I, I I guess I look good or the, the station looks good. Like like it's I to me it's all about making sure everybody does their best. And so. I kind of like am the type of manager that has an open door policy. And if you have so if you've hit some roadblock, if something's not working for you, um, come tell me and we'll work, we'll work toward finding a solution for it. And so the, the I did kind of describe a lot of my days because of that. Um, but then again, working at a small shop, yeah, you know, like I knew I could hit record on, on this podcast as a great example that's very tangible in this moment. And yeah, I'll 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 record this and edit it and probably be involved in posting it, if not handing it over to our producer to do that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I get to pitch in on a lot of stuff um, because we all pitch in for each other. And that's the only way any of us ever get to do things like take vacations or go home for dinner. Um, the, that's the one thing about being in broadcast media. And this is something that in some ways might be going away as we move more and more toward on demand. Um, you know, as like we look at streaming service stuff, but like the 24 seven, 365 of broadcast, um, is a real thing. And we still have to kind of stay married to it. Um, that is probably one of the, like if there was a downside to my job, that would be it that, you know, I mean, in the end, we're a small shop. And if the tower decides to go on the fritz at 2 a.m. in the morning, it's my phone that's going to go off. And I'm, mm. you know, I'll make the decision whether I need to wake up my engineer or not. Um, but our goal is definitely going to be to try to be back on the air at least before like 6 a.m. when people start to get in their cars and look for their news. Right. So um, that just doesn't really ever go away. Um, I mean, I suppose you can get to a big enough staff where you can share some of those duties, but at a small place, there's just not that many people to share it with. Um, so, I mean, that's a reality. And I think as we move more and more, I mean, even our, all of our own programs these days are available on demand. So we broadcast them at the regular times, but then we capture them and make them available on demand. And as more and more things become on demand, maybe that ability to broadcast in the middle of the night will become less important, but still somebody will have to be making sure all the internet servers are up and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, so 
my day in life is really just problem solving. Like whatever's not working at the time or whoever needs my help at the time I pitch in. I think I could probably ask a lot more questions because I always can ask more questions. But as I'm looking at the clock and the time, um, I think I'm actually very curious to hear Jared's question or answers to our uh, your three your three typical questions that we like to ask. Well, why don't we jump there then? So, Jared, you've heard it before. You're going to hear it now. I know, you and know. I even re I pre read it this morning. I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to ask me that question, and I don't know what I'm going to answer. I'm <laughs> okay. I'm as excited as you are at this moment. So we're 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 looking at 16 year old Jared in a mirror right now, and what would that Jared say to well, himself about you know? To increase your chances of post high school success, oh. what would you stop stop doing, start doing, and keep doing in order to be just you know where you are today? Like, what's going to make you the best person you are? Hmm. Boy, I should be more prepared for this, man. After all these times, yeah. So, it's stop doing, start doing, and keep doing, and, and yeah. keep doing in that order. Uh, whatever order you want to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like how it all went. So I don't know what I would tell myself to stop doing. Um, That's fine. Probably stop wasting a lot of time. I mean, like, you oh. know, like there's there's so much you can do. I, what I would definitely start doing is travel more. Um, like, you know, so honestly, a lot of it is not it's not career related. There's so many opportunities made available to you when you are young. And I think this is something I didn't realize when I was 20. Um, how... Yeah, no, I definitely thought life was hard when I was 20. And then I turned 30 and 40 and had four kids and tried to be general manager and several other things all at the same time. And I realized, oh, life, this is hard. What I was doing when I was 20 was super easy, which is why my dad always looked at me funny when I looked stressed. Um, but I think if I would have known how much time I had and resources, people will help you do things, right? I mean, traveling with one person is a lot easier than traveling with four. Like anytime right now, I do have four kids. That's something we, you know, home life isn't something we're talking about. But, you know, you try to go on a trip and suddenly you're buying six airplane tickets or you're, you have to go in the big van, not in the little car, right? Like it just all becomes harder. And so I would just would have like probably seen the world more, maybe taken uh, jobs out of town, been more willing to move early in my career because it definitely gets harder later in your career. You're going to want to, you're going to want to stay settled. Um, so Maybe, like, honestly, I'm very happy with where I ended up. And, like, I don't know that I would change much of it. But more ch taking more chances when I was younger and it was safer and easier um, maybe might have added up to more in the end. But, honestly, like, it's all good. Um, that stop, I, I did the stop doing, stop wasting time, start doing just more and taking more mm -hmm. chances and then and keep, keep and doing. Keep doing. Um, yeah, I mean, just that. I mean, I, I do feel like... Um, I have always taken jobs in fields that I had just kind of an inherent interest in and been willing to like take the goods and the bads with that. I mean, I talked a little bit about how happy I really am, um, taking a job that, that serves the community that that actually rewards me maybe in ways that aren't necessarily financial, um, but are internal and realizing that about myself and just being willing to, to kind of bite the bullet on that one. Um, there've been times when I've pivoted in my career and changed from one workplace to another, and you're making choices about where you're putting in applications. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm like, no, I, I kind of like this and that, that will work well for me. I'll feel good about that. I'll do it. Um, so anyway, yeah. Well, Jared, you keep, have been, keep we'll listening to your to heart. How's that? Keep, yeah. Keep listening keep, to your heart. That's like, exactly let, what let, I wrote down. Guide. Yeah. Keep that's exactly your heart. what I wrote. There you go. <laughs> 
Well, Jared, um, as always, you are a real piece of work. We appreciate that. Um, I am genuinely thankful to you and the WVIK team for bringing a real piece of work to reality and continuing to support us. So thank you for that. Thank you for your time today. And I'm sure listeners will love hearing about the path uh, that you've taken in your career. So thank you. Happy holidays. and look forward to work with you in the future. Yeah, no, it's a real pleasure to be here with you. And all of our listeners should know how much tenacity it took on your part uh, to, to keep me moving forward on this too. So uh, I, I'm very proud of what we've, we've created here. And thank you for all the work that you enjoy put into this. And um, yeah, no, thank you for all of it. And thanks for having me on. You bet.